Welcome to Tessa Watches Lost, the podcast within a podcast that is now a spin-off podcast where I ask Tessa questions about the episodes of Lost that we watched this week. I'm your host, Sam, and with me is Tessa, the Brothers Karamazov, to my Are You There God, It's Me, Margaret. You mean the Brothers Karamazov? Sure. This week, we are talking about the fourth set of four episodes from season two. That's right, we're into the second half of the second season. The Long Con, One of Them, Maternity Leave, and The Whole Truth. Sun is attacked. Rousseau hands over a stranger to the Swan Station squad. Claire remembers stuff, and there's gonna be another island baby! But first, let's start with the Dark Side squad. Ana Lucia, Said, and Charlie. How is this whole situation making you feel? Yeah, and you, and you mean Sawyer too, right? In the very first episode, we get Sawyer pulling a con on everybody, basically stealing the guns and medical supplies. So he was hoarding stuff at the very beginning of season one. We saw him sort of slowly come out of that persona and relinquish a little bit more control to other people. Here he doubles back down. He cons everybody, Kate, Jack, Locke. He plays everybody against each other and gains control of the guns. And he says it's because Jack took his medication at the beginning of the episode, which seems like really big turd energy for Sawyer. But I think Kate gets it right when she tells him at the end, you just want everyone to hate you. I don't think Sawyer actually knows how to deal with people liking him. I think that he has a big deal with self-punishment. And so that seems like a really good explanation for his actions. Saeed might also have a self-hatred issue. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but we get to see his darker sides. Charlie, Charlie just goes full, like anytime anyone needs him to do something bad, he does it. It's revealed that he was the one who actually attacked Sun, although nobody knows about it yet, but he does it to humiliate Locke, who seems to be be getting closer to Claire. I don't know if we see really Ana Lucia's dark side in these episodes. I mean, we do know that she has one because of other stuff that's happened. Sawyer makes it seem like she's the villain in the first episode, but it's really just part of the con. Until really the end of the last episode that we watched, we don't really get to see her do very much. It's just kind of her interacting with Jack and the others. They clearly don't trust her. She's still kind of living apart from her, from them, but... It's hard to know whether she actually has ulterior motives at this point or not. You know, the way you talk about Charlie really makes me think that the episode back where he and Locke had their altercation, it was really a Anakin-Obi-Wan high ground moment. And pretty much Charlie seems resigned to doing whatever at this point in the way that Darth Vader was, right? Yeah, the only thing, other thing I'll say about Charlie is that, yeah, he does seem to be like, as much as I talked about how horribly the rest of them treated him last time, he seems resigned to be in that role. Like, I'm evil because everyone thinks I'm evil, so I'm just going to do the evil things that people expect me to do, which really aligns him a lot with Sawyer. Meanwhile, we have a new character, Henry Gale, who shares a name with Dorothy's uncle and supposedly crashed on the island, Wizard of Oz style, in a hot air balloon. Is this guy who he says that he is. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, even before we kind of get the ink, the more of the inkling at the end of the last episode we watched that he's not, that he's set up a trap for Saeed, Anna Lucia, and Charlie. Yeah, it's Charlie. I, I agreed with Rousseau. I agreed with Saeed. 
I, I get that, like, the fact that he may or may not be one of the others is the main, like, moral tension, especially in Saeed's storyline. But I, he's too manipulative. And frankly, Michael Emerson, who plays Henry Gale, he does, he does a better job of playing an Arrow villain than he did actually playing an Arrow villain. He pretends he, he's clearly doing a very good job of creating this persona of someone who has been who has crash landed on the island who has been suffering who doesn't know why these people are like beating him up and keeping him imprisoned but at the same time you can see him start to manipulate the tension between Jack and Locke you can see him start to play on Saeed's insecurities on Ana Lucia's insecurities this guy is definitely bad news yeah Emerson's a great actor as an antagonist uh the kings uh grabbed him for the main antagonist in the show evil so that's fun you already pretty much answered this but where we left off henry gale has indicated that the map that he drew for ana lucia could if he were that kind of person be a trap so that you know the others could take them hostage and then trade all the folks who went on the map trek for him and that's how he would get free you know hypothetically so tessa is the map a trap yes it is definitely a trap also can we talk about how menacingly he ate those rice krispies those i'm sorry those dharma initiative branded rice krispies it's definitely one of the top three serial jokes in a television show it's right up there with Mad Dogs. I can't. I'm eating cereal. That's a really deep dive if you know that joke. I don't know what the third one is. In the episode Maternity Leave, we once again, along with the other 48 days, break format. This time, we get island-based flashbacks from the time that Claire was kidnapped. Now, what does this episode tell us about the others? It's all B.F. Skinner. Like, I know I'm going to keep saying that, like, every single episode. But the others, we, what we have seen so far and what I had thought about the others was completely incorrect because we've seen the others either, so the first other we saw was Ethan, right? Who was masquerading as one of the, the plain, one of the losties. We get to see him again in some of these flashbacks where he's giving medical care to Claire. We had no idea what he did to her previously she had amnesia but as she remembers she remembers him giving her injections and giving her medical care now he's living they're they're in a dharma bunker like they're not out in the middle of the woods camping all of the people that she sees which she doesn't see that many people but she does see some they're all wearing modern clothes they're not wearing these like gross dirty clothes with beards and so on that we saw zeke and the other others the other others <laughs> wearing before and i i really thought that this was going to be a lost boys situation or a lord of the flies situation where the others were like had created their own really like savage society on the other side of the island but they're not cat they don't seem to be castaways at all because kate finds the boxes and boxes full of these costuming things like zeke's beard is clearly glued on and i don't know this threw me for a loop i was really not expecting that also, all of Claire's flashbacks, why are all of her flashbacks more like horror movies than the rest of the Losty flashbacks? Like, I'm definitely getting some Rosemary Baby vibes from both of the episodes with her. Speaking of maternity, we find out that Sun is pregnant, which gives us the second 
medical miracle on the island. In case you've forgotten, Locke was the first. So, two-part question. First, what does this episode tell us about the island? Well, the island clearly has some, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in the island, but if we're going to isolate it to this, it clearly has some kind of miraculous healing property because we do get to see Locke, who was paralyzed before he crashed on the island. We, he now walks, right? Although I, I don't think any of them know that yet, right? Besides Locke? Yeah. And then we also get to see, in this instance, that Jin, who is revealed in this episode to have been diagnosed with sterility, he is able to father a child with son, who she insists that he is the only person that she has ever slept with. We're supposed to believe her. We're taking that at face value. And so he has also been miraculously healed, and they are now having a baby. So one part of the island seems to be that they he- it can heal disability or some kind of illness. Now, we're also told by Rousseau and by Ethan in the flashbacks that there is also apparently an illness that is on the island, like some kind of plague or quarantinable virus, because they're inoculating Claire against this virus, and they say that they'll inoculate the baby, and Rousseau has also repeatedly claimed that she had to kill her fellow castaways because they got sick. So I don't know, like this, this island seems like it's miraculous in some ways, but also perhaps the site of a deadly contagion. I think this is probably, before we get to the second part of the question, this is a good place to kind of stop and put things together and see what you think, Tessa. These people have crashed on an island that was the location of a social experiment biological experiment, zoological experiment, whatever, from the 80s, the early 80s. There is also the element of the the numbers. There is the weird electromagnetic significance of the island. There's the smoke monster. There is the the medical miracle issue. There is the possible virus quarantine things that keeps popping up. There is the fact that the other legitimate plane crash on the island involved a plane that took off from a place that could not possibly be anywhere near the location of this island. I think I about covered everything just there. Oh, yeah. And there's still the others. Do you have any inkling of what's actually happening with this island? Have you started to form any kind of hypothesis? Because, again, you know how the show ends, and that's really about it. So what are your thoughts? So the closest thing that I have, because I really don't know, we haven't even talked about the fact that in threatening Locke to get him to open the door that Henry Gale is being beaten behind. Jack allows the timer to run almost all the way out and Locke almost doesn't enter the numbers in time. And I have to say, I was terrified when that, when that timer suddenly went all red with the symbols on it. I didn't know what was going to happen when it counted all the way down, but that was terrifying to me. Like, I did not like that. I did not want that to happen. Anyway, I don't 
know. Like, I, I think that this show has done a really good job of creating these mysteries and asking these questions. The best I have is that this island is some kind of experiment or it's a place where people can be experimented on or animals can be experimented on. Both B.F. Skinner style, but also like I, I, I'm feeling a real Dr. Moreau vibe right now with the revelation that the others are actually scientists or doctors and that they're their castaway garb is really just an act that that's kind of where I am right now that seems to be the only way that I think this all could tie together but again it could really go any place right now yes it could go any place going back to the maternity thing what does the episode in which we find out that son is pregnant what does it tell us about their relationship this is the last of the four episodes and we spent a good bit of time talking about this during and after the episode. So what you got? Uh, so the beginning of this episode felt like a real regression for me, for Jin, because we got to the point in their relationship where he seemed like he was a good person. The last time we saw flashbacks with them, it told us he was a good person before he met her father. And we even get like the end of the episode where He's like, I don't like being told what to do. And she said, well, I was told what to do for years. It doesn't feel very nice, does it? And he says, I guess you're right. And that seemed like a real moment of growth for Jin. But the, at the beginning of this episode, we, get, we see her, we see him fly into a rage because she won't come back to the beach with him and he tears up her garden. Now, he does fix it later in the episode. So it does seem like he's actually realizing that he can't treat her this way, even when it comes from a place of fear. But to me, it really undid a lot of the work that they had been trying to do in the show to rehab Jin's character. But we also find out that perhaps she hasn't been completely honest with him either. And to me, though, to me, though, this episode really, again, made all of the other people on the island seem worse, just like it did in the episode with Charlie's drug addiction, because Jack and the others really treat... Jin and Sun's relationship like it's their problem, even though there are clear elements of domestic abuse, um, emotional domestic abuse in their relationship. And so like when Sun is, when Jack is examining Sun and says like, yeah, you're definitely pregnant, he makes it seem like she really should tell him and kind of faults her for not wanting to tell him, even though he knows nothing about their relationship. I just don't think Jack is a very good doctor in this way. Like, he doesn't, like, no, you stay out of a woman's, like, relationship with her husband when she's pregnant. Like, you just tell her she's pregnant, dude. So, like, I, it, it made me feel like nobody was trying to protect Sun enough, not in her life back, not, not in her life before the island and not in her life after the island. This season, the creators of the show seem to be really all about putting their cards out on the table about the different things that they want to explore the different ideas. And of course, um, as Sawyer says in, in his episode, can a tiger change his stripes? And, and he claims that you can't during his flashback, uh, which features uh, a character named Cassidy, who's played by Kim Dickens, who has just done great things on Deadwood, Friday Night Lights, Treme, and was also in Fear the Walking Dead. What is the show trying to tell us about this, this idea of change, whether you can change or whether you can't and how important that might be? This 
season, so the first season of the show really was invested in the idea that the island was a new start for a lot of these people, especially Kate. Very interested in the idea of this island gives all of these people who have done some really shady things to maybe break out of that, maybe try to be better people, maybe it, Charlie as well, Sawyer, everyone really gets like sort of this second chance. This season is really causing a lot of these characters to relapse into their old patterns of behavior, whether it's Charlie, who may or may not be doing drugs, or who at least is like, you know, being very shifty, whether it's Sawyer, who goes back to conning people, Saeed, which we'll talk about here in a minute, Kate, who starts to become a little bit less honest, especially with Jack, Locke, who starts to sort of become a lot more selfish in his behavior. Jin, again, who starts to retreat into old patterns of behavior. I, I mean, uh, even Hurley, who we, I, I really hated this storyline because it seems a little fat phobic, but he starts hiding food, um, which we, at the beginning of, in his episode in season one, we saw that he eats a lot of food, like to kind of eat his feelings. And we get to see that a little bit more this season as well. So I think the point so far is that can people change? I, and I think the show is telling us that they can't. That, that when confronted with stuff that scares or angers them, they will retreat back into old patterns of behavior. Saeed's episode goes toward that conclusion as well. It turns out that his first foray into torture was encouraged by none other than Kate's dad. And that's a whole other thing, right? The synchronicity between characters, the way we start seeing some of these people who play major roles in one character's life interacting with another character pre-island. It's, it's a thing that has occurred earlier in the season. So, Saeed's ability to torture another person was always there. It was innate from the day he was born. Do you buy that? Absolutely not. <laughs> I think that's just a way of relieving your guilt about doing something to say that it's just part of you. Anyway, I, there's a lot you could say here about the U.S. government and the ways that they have really like messed up life in the Middle East and the ways in which they have like caused more problems than they have solved. This, this show is not really, that's not the scope of this show, but we do get to see quite a bit of that in Saeed's interactions with the U.S. military. But yeah, the, since the death of Shannon, he become, he, he relapses. He, he, does not trust Henry and Henry Gale, and he beats the crap out of him um, to try to get him to admit that he is one of the others, which, of course, now we believe he is. And when he talks to Charlie about why, he says that it's in revenge. He doesn't blame Ana Lucia for Shannon's death. He blames the others. And he also tells Charlie that he hasn't forgotten that they tried to kill Charlie in the first season and took Claire. So in his mind, I feel like a lot of this comes from a place of grief and it comes from a place of revenge. Back to what you were saying earlier. All right. Last question for today. Back to that whole synchronicity thing. Do you have thoughts? Sawyer eats at the diner where Kate's mom works. Ah! Yeah, like there's a ton of synchronicity in this season so far. Um, and we, we could see more of that in the last couple of episodes. So it's a lot. It is a lot. Oh, we get to see Rousseau's daughter, too. But do we know that's Rousseau's daughter? I mean, it isn't officially confirmed, but I, I love Rousseau as a character. Can I just say, this is a little off topic, but I was telling Sam, 
every couple episodes, we just see uh, who, what is Rousseau doing out there in the woods? We just see her kind of bopping along, like setting traps for people, shooting at people, you know, like, but what is she doing? She's just running around the woods all the time, which I guess fits her name pretty well. But we sure. do get to see her in the Claire episode helping Claire track down this place because she's hoping to find her daughter. Claire says that she was helped by a teenage girl who had blue eyes. I'm pretty sure that she's Rousseau's daughter because they picked an actress who looks uncannily like her. Like, like could be a younger version of Rousseau. I mean, I guess she could still not be. It could be a misdirection, but it feels right. It feels like this is Alex Rousseau. I, I, I'm excited. I really want to know what happens with this character. Rousseau chores. So, that's it for today. Join us next week for more Tessa Watches Lost. You can find me on Twitter at Sam underscore Morris 9, and you can find Tessa at Suela Tessa. Until next time, you put the lime in the coconut, you drink them both up.